I encourage you to open your Bibles once again to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1 as we continue our study through Peter's letter of encouragement under the heading, under the title, Tracing the Rainbow Through the Rain. Remember, Peter is seeking to offer these suffering saints encouragement, hope, by pointing them to the one who suffered for them and all that his suffering has accomplished for them, namely salvation here, heaven hereafter. If you've been with us for each session, we are in the fifth session, and you notice we're still in the first verse. We are making progress, <laughs> but we've been establishing the context of this letter, the background of this letter, in order to gain a fuller appreciation to what Peter is saying to these precious saints in the midst of their suffering. So we continue in chapter 1, verse 1, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens. In one of our sessions, we spent just a moment focusing on that word alien. And I reminded you that this word alien is both the first word of encouragement and the first word of challenge in this precious letter. It's a word of encouragement because Peter is reminding them this world is not their home. They are just a passing through. That's the encouragement. The challenge is an alien is someone who is different. They have different mannerisms, different lifestyles, different language. Everything about them is different. And that was the challenge Peter has to these precious saints that they should be identified as someone who is different because they're walking in accordance with the will of God and as a result of salvation through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. If we were to trace these regions in Asia Minor, we started with Pontus, we would make a circular motion and arrive back at Pontius, which tells us that Peter intended for this precious letter of encouragement to be circulated among the churches in this particular region, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood. May grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. Within these two verses is a theological mouthful and a topic of great debate. The Bible reveals five links in the amazing chain of God's grace. And we have them identified on the board to my right. These five links in God's amazing chain of grace. Peter mentions one, and in reference, another one subtly, in that first and second verse. You notice he refers to the foreknowledge of God. He refers to sanctification, and I'll talk about where that fits in with these five links in God's chain of grace. And I want us to take just a few moments to chase this theological rabbit that runs across us in 1 Peter. And in order to look at these five links in God's amazing chain of grace, we go back to Romans chapter 8. 
Romans chapter 8, where Paul identifies all five of these links. In Romans chapter 8, beginning with verse 28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And those who he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. So we have within Romans chapter 8, verses 28, 29, and 30, all five links in this amazing chain of God's grace. Now there's great debate over this issue of the pre-election or predestination of God and the free will of man. Did I choose God because he has already chosen me or do I choose God because he knew that I would choose him? And there's much debate over this issue of election versus free will. If you go too far in one direction, you rob God of his sovereignty. If you go too far in another direction, you rob man of his will. And so I want to try to help us with this theological quagmire in the session we have before us right now. And we need to understand that when we're looking at these five links in God's amazing chain of grace, we cannot go too far in either extreme. Because one extreme leads to fear. Did God choose me? Will I get in? Even if I want to come to God through Christ, is God going to let me in? And there's this absolute fear. And there are many within the body of Christ who live in absolute fear. Am I really saved? Did God really choose me? Will God let me in? And so one extreme is that of fear. The other extreme is that of apathy. Well, what difference does it make? If I'm in, I'm in. If I'm not, I'm not. I can't do anything about it. It's all up to God. So I'll just live my life, and at the end, I'll let God sort out all of the cards. What a tragedy for any child of God. And so I want us to kind of walk through the Word of God to get a handle on this ultimate theological debate. Election versus free will. Volumes have been written over this issue, so don't expect me to solve everything tonight. But what I do want to point out to you is when we are looking at Scripture, the Bible views salvation from two very distinct realms. And when we're examining a passage on salvation, we need to ask ourselves, okay, which realm is it viewing salvation from? The first realm is the earthly realm. And that views our salvation from the perspective of man. And from the perspective of man, it, the, it is rooted in time, from birth to death. 
And the emphasis in those particular passages on our salvation that view salvation from an earthly frame of reference focuses on man's choice. And let me kind of help you understand what I mean. In John chapter 1, John chapter 1, and as we are looking at each of these passages of Scripture, I want you to try to hone in on what I refer to as power words within each of these verses. Words that cause the Word of God to explode before us. In John chapter 1, verse 12, the Gospel writer John pins this. And it comes from the lips of the Lord Jesus. But as many as received him, to them gave he the right to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name. The two power words within that particular passage are the words received and believe. Both of those words put the initiative on man. It is man who does the receiving. Man can choose to reject that message, but according to uh, the Lord Jesus through the Gospel writer John, we are to receive that message. We have to take it as our own. And when we take it as our own and we believe, that is we internalize it in our hearts, we are made children of God. In Acts chapter 16 we find that wonderful narrative about Paul and Silas being in prison they've been beaten they've been thrown in prison and at midnight as they were singing praises to God we experienced the first jailhouse rock the walls began to shake the cell doors fly open. The jailer comes in and he sees that Paul and Silas can walk right out. He's about to take his own life. And we pick it up in verse 28 of Acts chapter 16. But Paul cried out with a loud voice saying, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And he called for lights and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he brought them out, he said, Sirs, what must I do? Notice he wanted to know what choice he had, what decision he could make. What must I do to be saved? And Paul didn't say, you can't do anything about it. It's the election, the predestination of God. Either you're in, you're in, or you're not, you're not. No, Paul says to the Philippian jailer, believe, that's an act of the heart, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. The power word, believe. That is, take the truth and internalize it in your own heart. In Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. We pick up Romans chapter 10 in verse Nine, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But with the heart of a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, 
For the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who, here it is, call on him. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. So we see those power words in Romans chapter 10. The word call, call, call. He mentions it three times. And those who call will be saved. And so those passages of scripture focus on salvation from the earthly realm. The perspective of man. A finite frame of reference from first, uh, from birth to death, and it is marked by choice. But remember, I said the Bible presents salvation from two very distinct realms. Obviously, that is the first, the earthly realm. However, the Bible also presents salvation from the eternal realm, from the heavenly realm. And our salvation from the eternal realm, the heavenly realm, is viewed from the perspective of God. It's viewed from an infinite frame of reference, not from time, but from eternity. And the eternal realm or the heavenly realm is marked by election, God's choice. Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. In the gospel of Matthew chapter 24, in verse 22, we find these words. Unless those days had been cut short, no life would have been saved. But for the sake of the elect, there's our power word, those days will be cut short. To be elected means that you have entered that particular position as a result of what somebody else has done. They do the electing. You are the beneficiary of that election. He continues in verse 31 of Matthew 24. And he will send forth his angels with a great triumph, and they will gather together his elect, there's that word again, from the four winds from one end of the sky to the other. John chapter 6. In John chapter 6. We look at verses 37 through 40. All that the Father gives me. Who does the giving? The Father does the giving. All that the Father gives me will come to me. Why do I come? Because God gives. And the one who comes to me, I will certainly not cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of him who sent me, that of all that he has given, who's doing the giving, God is doing the giving. Of all that he has given me, I lose nothing, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him will have eternal life. And I myself will raise him up 
on the last day. Romans chapter 8, a passage we looked at a moment ago. Romans chapter 8, back to verse 29. For those whom he foreknew, who does the foreknowing? God. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined, who determined, predetermined? God, to become conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called, who does the calling? God. He also called, and these whom he called, he also justified, and these whom he justified, he also glorified. Ephesians chapter 1. The great apostle Paul tries to communicate salvation from the eternal realm. When he writes in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intention of his will. Doesn't that sound great? But let's back up one verse before that. Verse 4, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. When did God choose us to salvation? Before the foundation of the world. Who does the choosing? God does the choosing. So when we look at a passage of scripture in regard to salvation, we need to ask ourselves, are we viewing our salvation from an earthly frame of reference, or are we viewing our salvation from an eternal frame of reference? Which leads to these two basic questions. Does the Bible teach the free will of man? The answer obviously is yes. Does the Bible teach the election of God? The answer is yes. Then how can I know if I have been chosen by God? That is a critical question for every one of us. How can I know if I have been chosen by God? Here's the answer to that question. By how I respond to the Son. Again, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And so we go back to 1 Peter. We've chased the rabbit. Hopefully I've helped you at least catch it a little bit in your mind and in your heart. But we go back to 1 Peter chapter 1. That's the what. So Peter is talking about salvation. Obviously, Peter is viewing our salvation from the eternal realm, from the heavenly realm. How do we know? Because the emphasis for Peter is on the word chosen. On the word chosen. Who does the choosing? God does the choosing. And so the question we need to ask ourselves in closing is why does Peter spend so much time in this uh, first and second verse emphasizing God's elective purpose, God doing the choosing? What difference does it make to these suffering saints? And that is the question we will answer in the next session. We'll see you then.
Thank you for joining us on this journey through 1 Peter. It is our great desire to encourage you in your faith by taking you deeper in God's Word. I hope you have found these sessions to be both inspiring and challenging. We do not want to stay where we are. We want to continue to grow. As we said in one of our sessions, one day Jesus will call my name. As days go by, I hope I don't stay the same. I want to get so close to him that it's no big change on that day when Jesus calls my name. We want to help you get closer by growing you in your faith. We so very much appreciate you following us whether you are following us on YouTube at Word Power Media Ministry, on Instagram at Word Power Media Ministry, or, or whatever podcast provider you happen to use. Again, Word Power Media Ministry. If you have found these sessions to be encouraging, please tell someone about us. It is a word of mouth ministry and we need your help. We would also love to hear how we have encouraged you. You can reach us at wordpowermm at gmx.com. We would love to hear your encouragement. As I have said before, finding out how we encourage you encourages us. So thanks for joining us.